came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. A certain king took account of his servants, and when he began to reckon what his servants should owe him, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And as much as he had nothing to pay, the Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and his children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. But the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. The same servant came and found one of his own fellow servants, who owed him a hundred pennies, got him by the throat, and said, You pay me what you owe me. And the fellow said, Listen, have patience with me, and I'll pay thee all. And he would not, but he cast him into prison till he had paid the debt. The fellow servants, when they heard about what had happened, went and told the Lord what had happened. Brought him in, he said, Listen, you wicked servant, I forgave you every debt. Couldn't you have a little compassion on your fellow servant who only owed you a hundred pennies? And he was wrath, the Lord was wrath, and he delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay everything that he was due him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, and our conviction is that the Word of God has never changed and never will. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true, God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Along with Dr. Mitchell, we too want to thank you for your precious letters, prayer requests, and support for the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. We are in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. And having dealt with a sinning brother in the assembly, Peter now asks Jesus, How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Well, Jesus gives Peter the answer to his question. And then Jesus gives an illustration of mercy and forgiveness. And you know, we need to be like God the Father in forgiveness. We are to be forgiving one another rather than exacting revenge or punishment for a similar or even a lesser offense. God is justly able to forgive anyone on the basis of the shed blood of Jesus Christ His Son on the cross. On the basis of Jesus' resurrection, God guarantees this forgiveness. Here is Dr. Mitchell, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. Thank you. Again, we come to you, and I trust that as we day by day study this gospel through Matthew, the Spirit of God will make very precious to you the wonderful truths that are contained in it. You know, it's a marvelous thing to know that we can come to the Word of God and be taught by the Spirit of God through His Word. For the Spirit is the author of Scripture. And may I suggest too also, there are many who write to me, oftentimes having their problems and their questions. Now, I can't always answer your letters, 
because there are only so many hours in a day. But I want you to know that I'm very, very anxious to help you as much as I can in knowing the things of God. And I want to bring practical lessons to your own heart, into your own life. For I believe the Word of God is practical. No matter what your circumstances are, where you work, where you live, and so on, the Word of God can meet your daily need. How glad I am for a Savior who is all-sufficient, even for my need, as well as for your need. Now, we've been following through in this book of Matthew, chapter 18, with respect to the matter of, of humility, that the sign of greatness in the kingdom of God is humility and meekness. And then we took up the question of the treatment of offenses, verses 15 to 20. Uh, and I needn't go any further into this except to again remind you that he's talking about offenses when he speaks in verses 19 and 20. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And the context there has to do with offenses. That when two brethren get together and they're reconciled and they're agreed on what should be done for the glory of God, uh, the, the, the Son of God is right there hearing their discussions, seeing the desire of their hearts, seeing their yearning for the glory of God, and he's there to carry out that purpose. Now, I'm not robbing you of any precious truth that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. This is always true. As Hebrews 13, 5 says, As it is written, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Therefore we can boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Or Matthew 28, where Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is true. How true? Not a moment of the day he ever leaves us. And when two brethren are having a little tuft and they, one offends the other, uh, the Lord says when you get together, uh, if you can't get together and be reconciled, then bring somebody else in as a witness. And if you don't listen to that, then bring it before the church. And uh, if you don't listen to the church, you become as a publican, one on the outside. But if you do get together and agree on anything for the glory of God, then my Father will meet that need. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. You know, I'm very, very sure of one thing, that if we believers in our relationship, the one to the other, were to realize that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, the Lord is right there. As the 139th Psalm says, He knows your thoughts are far off. He knows all about you. He knows the very desires of your heart. He knows the objects of your affection. He knows the center of your life and how grieved He is when He is not the center. In fact, I would say that the Lord Jesus Christ is never satisfied with second place. He must be first in all that we are and all that we do. Now, following this, this matter of offenses, he takes up the question of forgiveness in verses 21 right through verse 35. We have this question right down to the end of the chapter. This question of forgiveness. 
And notice that this comes out of the preceding verses. In verses 21 and 22, we have the measure of forgiveness. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Now here we have the question of forgiveness. You know, uh, it's a wonderful thing. How often shall I forgive my brother? You know, the Pharisees used to forgive each other. I'll forgive you twice. Now remember the law said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. This was a law. The Pharisees said, I'll go beyond that. I'll forgive my brother twice. And you know, many of us Christians, we pat ourselves on the back if we forgive somebody once. We haven't even risen to the, to the statute of the Pharisees on this question of forgiveness. But Peter had been with the Lord a little while, and Peter was an old cursing commercial fisherman. And he, after being with the Savior, said, Lord, shall I forgive my brother seven times? Lord, seven times? I'll even go beyond the Pharisees. They'll forgive twice. Shall I go seven times? <laughs> say, say, did you ever forgive your brother seven times? I mean your brother and your own family. Do you know how we act? We say to a brother in the family or to some friend or to some other Christian, well, brother, I'll forgive you this time, and you pat yourself on the back. I'll forgive you this time, but never let it happen again. And the intimation is there's no more forgiveness. I'll forgive you this time, but you're not going to put it over me. Dear Peter had been with the Lord less than three years, and he said, Lord, <laughs> I'm willing to go seven times, bless his heart. And Jesus said, seven times, Peter? I tell you, 70 times seven. You know, I like the little fellow who said to his Sunday school teacher one day, in fact, the teacher came to me and told me this. The boy said after the class when they were discussing forgiveness and the teacher told him he should forgive his brother 70 times seven, that's 490 times. He said, well, teacher, what shall I do when I, when I have forgiven him 70 times 7, 490 times? He said, what would you have said to him? Well, I said, I would have said, well, listen, fellow, when you have forgiven your brother 490 times, then you come to me and I'll tell you what to do next. No, my friend, listen. 70 times 7 means to keep on forgiving. You know how the Lord forgave you? Well, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, he forgave us according to the riches of his grace. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, he said, we ought to forgive one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. In 1 John 2, 12, it says, my little children, I, we, we know that our sins are forgiven us for his name's sake. And in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 13, as Christ forgave you, so forgive one another. 
Forgiveness is a wonderful thing. You know, it's a rare trait, to be honest with you. Too many of us are quick to judge and less quick to forgive. We can alibi and rationalize our lack of forgiveness. You can say, well, I have forgiven that fellow so much. I've done so much for him. I'm not going to go any further. He just takes advantage of me. He thinks that I'm soft. Well, what if you are? How often shall I forgive my brother? Seven times? Yes, Peter, 70 times seven. I know that takes the grace of God. But, oh, listen, is not this the difference between law and grace? Under the law, it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Like my little nephew, when he was alive, when he was a little fellow, he said, I'm going to get my own back. That's how he forgave. You can't do that to me. I'm going to get my own back. Yes, that's the flesh. That's the most natural reaction. Nobody's going to put it over us. I'm not going to be a doormat for anybody. Oh, God, give to us something of the Spirit of our Savior. This is what is needed among God's people. As Peter could say, love covereth a multitude of sins. What do you mean by that? Love doesn't go out and shout about it. Love doesn't run to the telephone and tell your neighbor or somebody else what somebody else has done. That's wrong. Love covers it up. Oh, that we might have this spirit of forgiveness. You know, many of our Christian churches would be a different thing. The atmosphere would be different. The fellowship would be different if we had this spirit of forgiveness. And you lose nothing by it. Friend, if you walk before God and forgive somebody because you love the Savior, and you forgive because of your testimony and for the glory of God, do you think God is going to be in your debt? No, let's forgive. Even if the other fellow doesn't want it. You say, well, I've offered to forgive them, but they don't want it. Well, what of it? Never mind him. What about you And before God? You forgive your brother. Seventy times seven. Four hundred and ninety times. And after that, you forgive your brother as often as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. How often do you want the Lord to forgive you? Every time you sin, don't you? And that's how often you should forgive your brother. And you know the ground for forgiveness for our Savior and his people? We first John 1, 7, The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. The ground of cleansing is ever on the ground of the blood of Christ before God. And if God is so gracious in his righteousness and his holiness to forgive us when we've rebelled against him, is it asking too much that we should forgive our brothers? Now I'm talking about our Christian brethren. Oh, that God's people might in some way have this gift, or should I say this treasure of forgiveness, to be able to forgive joyfully and to forgive because you love. Now he gives an illustration of that. From verse 23, running down to the end of the chapter, you have the illustration. I'm not going to read it except to suggest it. A certain king took account of his servants. And when he began to reckon what his servants should owe him, one 
was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a king's ransom. And as much as he had nothing to pay, the Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made, to be sold into slavery and the money taken for that, for that sale to go against the debt. Now that's law. That's law. But the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Didn't say, okay, I'll take, your, I'll take you at your word as often as you pay. I'll do something better than that. He said, if you try to pay me, I'm going to loose you from your debt. You don't owe me anything. Oh, isn't that wonderful grace? Here's a man, according to the law, could be put in jail, or he, he himself and his wife and his kiddies could be sold into slavery. And the money that was gained from the sale to put against his debt of 10,000 talents. But instead of that, when the man pleaded, give me time and I'll pay it back, the man said, listen, I free you of your debt. You don't owe me anything. That's grace. That's wonderful, wonderful grace. Now mark the difference. The same servant came and found one of his own fellow servants who owed him a hundred pennies. Now remember, he owed 10,000 talents. Talents, not pennies, talents. King's ransom. But his, his fellow servant only owed him a hundred pennies. And the fellow, and he said, you pay he got him by the throat and said, you pay me what you owe me. And the fellow said, listen, have patience with me and I'll pay thee all. And he would not, but he cast him into prison till he had paid the debt. Believe me, this is trampling the grace of God under your feet, isn't it? And he went, the servants, the, the fellow servants, when they heard about what had happened, went and told the Lord what had happened, what, had he, what he had done. He brought him in. He said, listen, you wicked servant, I forgave you every debt. I freed you from your debt because you wanted it that way. Couldn't you have a little compassion on your fellow servant who only owed you a hundred pennies? And he was wrath. The Lord was wrath, and he delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay everything that he was due him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Now remember the question is raised by Peter, how often shall I forgive my brother? Seven times. And the grace of God, 70 times seven. For God has forgiven you every trespass. Or as you have that story in Luke chapter seven, when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. And then to turn around and take it out on his fellow servant. You know, I've oftentimes wondered about this parable of our Savior. You know, sometimes Christians are very quick to take advantage of the grace of God that has been operating in some other believer. I'd, I'd like to say a word here. Supposing some of you believers... Uh, have a little problem and somebody forgives you 
please don't take advantage of the forgiveness out on somebody else. If you're forgiven every trespass, sure you can forgive your brother. And this is the illustration of forgiveness because God has forgiven you everything. Everything. Can't you forgive your brother that little one or two things that he's done to you? Oh, listen, friend. Remember, he never leaves you, never forsakes you. He sees everything you do. And whether it be offenses or whether it be forgiveness, may God grant you and I will forgive each other even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. And may I close with that appeal today. Living in a world that's opposed to the Savior, and see where quite often churches are run into the ground, and the man of the world despises churchianity. Would it not be a wonderful thing if we Christians manifested something of the compassion and tenderness of Christ, the one for the other? Instead of the world saying, see how they fight one another, would to God they might say, see how they love one another. So it may be I'm talking to you, my friend, and you've looked down upon some fellow Christian, and you, have, you do not have forgiveness in your heart. There's a bitterness there. And there's a lack of forgiveness there. There's a lack of tenderness and understanding and compassion there. For most of the time, many of these things is due to a lack of understanding, lack of communication. I would plead with you if you have anybody in your assembly and you're at loggerheads, why don't you get together and get it all straightened out? It may be, you know, that you have misunderstood. It may be you've only got a part of the problem. It may be you've been listening to some gossipers. Now, I plead with you, get together with your brother. Work this thing out in the presence of the Lord. Be reconciled and become a testimony of the grace of God. If God has forgiven you every trespass, can't you forgive your brother those few trespasses against you? Huh? In fact, you know, you're robbing yourself of joy and of blessing and of usefulness. You're the one that suffers, not him. You're the one that suffers. So go ahead and make it right and glorify the Lord in your lives, your spirits which are his. The Lord, precious Savior, bless you today for his name's sake. Savior say, my strength indeed is small, child of weakness watch and pray, find in me thine all in all, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Oh, mm-hmm.
Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Our teacher has been Dr. John G. Mitchell. You can write us at The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. The Unchanging Word is dependent on the support of our listeners. That's The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. I'm